Thanks for listening to another message from Life Christian Church. We hope it challenges and encourages you and helps you to grow in your faith. Don't forget, download our app to stay up to date with what's going on at Life. Share your prayer requests or pray for others. Read the Bible online and much, much more. Simply search for Life Christian Church in your app store. Hey, I love this time of year, to be perfectly honest. I love December. I love the Christmas season. I love summer. Uh, Does anyone else align with that? Just a few people. You know, it concerns me uh, looking at this time of year uh, that we see so many people stressed and concerned and rushed and freaked out as they lead into the season of Christmas. And people get a bit stressed and a bit worked up and there's so much going on in life that it just becomes all too much and we lose that sense of excitement and joy for this time of year. That, that concerns me. And I think sometimes that we can easily, easily, easily get all too focused on all that is Christmas and, and giving gifts and uh, organising functions and all of those things that we actually fail to reference the giver. Can I hear an amen? I hope you're excited about this Christmas season. If for no other reason you're gathering with family, enjoying meals together and uh, enjoying leftovers on Boxing Day. Does anyone enjoy that? I think Boxing Day is actually better than Christmas for two reasons. The leftovers, there's something about a food put in a refrigerator. And when all those flavours just blend together and they just become something special, you're all looking at me like I'm weird. Does anyone else love Boxing Day leftovers? There's another great thing about Boxing Day and it's called the test, the cricket. Any other cricket fans? Fantastic. Great news this week. Uh, Tasmania secured the fifth test. And uh, fun fact, I looked last night. I thought I might get along to that. I'll book a night's accommodation in Hobart. Actually, I'll book two, the Friday and the Saturday night. And there was one place available in the CBD of Hobart for $2,987. So I just pulled my card out. No, I did not. If God feels, you know, gives you the urge to bless me, you know, that's okay. It's okay. It's a concern when we launch into Christmas and all that is Christmas and we lose our sense of joy. And we get overwhelmed with the season and we, again, we spend too much time focusing on the gifts and fail to reference the one who gives, the giver. You know, true story, when I was a little boy, uh, you're not going to believe it, but I was an absolute terror. And... uh, If there was anything I was good for, it was my parents' prayer life. And uh, outside of that, I'm not so sure. But I was a terror of a kid. And I know you seem awfully surprised by that. But uh, I remember being somewhere around the age of 8, 10 years old. And it was Christmas. And uh, I wasn't usually a present hunter. Do you know what I'm talking about? I'll be careful this morning. I don't want to ruin any family traditions for little ones. But uh, I... I decided this particular year to go on a present hunt pre-Christmas. And I found, and I can remember exactly where they were, located in the top of my mum and dad's cupboard. Parents, go home and change your spots today if you need to do that. But in the top of my parents' cupboard were these beautiful, beautiful Christmas gifts. And I searched through them, and I remember what parent would do this prematurely, but 
they put my name on one of the gifts. Like you don't make it any easier for your children to find their gift than put their name on it. I found that gift and mum and dad weren't around at the time and I pulled it out and I decided I'm going to find out what's inside that bad boy. And I opened it up and I was devastated because I found the packet that had clothes and a book. (laughs) If that wasn't bad enough, as a typical young boy, I absolutely butchered pulling that gift apart and figured out, oh no, now I have to make it look like I've never been here. (laughs) I searched the house high and low and I could not find sticky tape anywhere in the house could not find anything that resembled tape in the house. So I thought, I know what I'll do. I'll go out to Dad's shed. And I did, and I went out to Dad's shed. And in my family, if you went to Dad's shed and you touched something, before you touched it, you drew an outline with chalk so you could put it exactly back where it was. Do you know what I'm saying? And the only thing I could find in my Dad's shed that resembled sticky tape was this little blue reel. And it was white tape. And I was eight or ten years old, but I could not figure out why this stupid white stretchy tape that stuck to my skin wouldn't stick to anything like paper. I later on found out that was plumber's thread tape. Good for nothing. I figured that wasn't going to work, so I rushed back inside, searched the house high and low, and I wanted to get this gift wrapped back up, this present wrapped back up, And I ran back inside and I'm searching, searching, searching and I find myself in the bathroom. And the only thing I could find that as I touched it, it felt remotely sticky was this beautiful big tub of Vaseline. (laughs) Yep. So I put my Christmas gift back together with a tub of Vaseline. My parents will hear this message later this afternoon and I don't know if they ever realised I did that. (laughs) I'd suggest they probably did. But we can easily wind up in this season where we more focus on the gift than we are the giver. And today on this second Sunday of December, leading into Christmas, I want to bring a message called this, a bit of an odd title called Interruptions with Favour. Interruptions with Favour. And I want to draw our attention today particularly to the life of Mary, the life of Mary, the Jewish woman from Nazareth, Mary the wife of Joseph, Mary the mother of Jesus, Mary a young woman with an incredible heart, to do the will of God. We read these words in Luke chapter 1. Bless you, whoever that was. Sophie Wilson, you've just been blessed. Luke chapter 1 verse 38 says this. It says, I am the Lord's servant. These are the words of Mary. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. I wonder if you've ever dreamt what a surrendered life to God looks like. I wonder if you've ever stopped and thought, I wonder what a surrendered life to God looks like. And perhaps you've come up with all sorts of things like, maybe it looks like a a missionary out on the remote parts uh, of the ends of the earth, a remote tropical island serving Jesus 
And maybe that's what a surrendered life looks like. Or maybe a surrendered life looks like being a successful business person or a successful leader of a business or a company, organization. But it just looks like being successful. That's what a surrendered life looks like. I'd suggest to you this morning that thinking about what does a surrendered life look, to, look like, you've never envisaged a picture of a virgin girl, Mary. Not exactly the poster of a favoured servant, blessed life. You know, Mary's life, I would suggest, was surrounded with a whole lot of interruption, but also with much favour. Can I hear an amen this morning? You know, often I think we wrongly assume that in life it's one or the other. Life's either full of interruptions or it's full of favour. And we have interruptions for interruptions' sake. They have no other use, no other value. They're just exactly that. They're interruptions. And then over this side, we have favour. And favour's there because favour's good and it feels great and it's awesome. And favour's there because God's involved with my life, but he's not over here in this portion called interruptions. And we think we have interruptions just for interruptions' sake. Either or, one or the other but never both. I'd suggest to you this morning, if I was to look at Mary's life at face value and just look at Mary's life and go, was her life a a, a favoured life or an interrupted life? I've got to be honest. I'd suggest it was heavily, heavily interrupted. Let me say this morning, we must be very, very, very careful in life that we don't purely view life's interruptions as God's absence from our life. Because often the interruption is the catalyst for us finding God's favour. We've got to be very, very careful that we don't look at life's interruptions and go, well, that's not a God thing. Because often the interruptions in our lives are the very, very, very things that make us aware of God and his favour upon our life. Are you with me this morning? I don't know about you, but I've absolutely loved the message series. We uh, had Pastor Gary last weekend, but prior to that, the message series, Living with a Question Mark. And one of the things I've loved about that series is those interviews that Hannah Uh, has been a part of and drawing the gold out of people's stories. Who else has enjoyed those? And just sitting and listening to real life stories, people like you, people like me, of how God's taken life interruptions and used them for his glory, for our good, for our benefit. Taking life's heartaches, disappointments, pains, sufferings, interruptions and using them for good. You know, I would suggest we could learn much from Mary's life and we can learn much 
from the testimonies from those that have been given how to navigate life's interruptions. I would love actually just to take a moment and to anyone who was brave enough to sit in front of the camera and be interviewed in those living with a question mark videos, I want to say on behalf of the church, thank you so much. Because it's easy to read Bible stories and we get a glimpse of how God works. But when you see friends, you see family and you see faces you know and you see how God works, there's something really, really special about that. Are you with me this morning? I'd suggest to you today that when we understand that God's favour rests upon our life as it does, as it did upon Mary's life, life's interruptions find perspective. The Bible is very clear in teaching us that Mary had found great favour with God. Interesting to note that favour is never earned, it's never demanded. Mary didn't demand the favour of God, she didn't earn the favour of God, but the favour of God was simply given. And let me tell you today that like Mary, when interruptions come your way, and if they haven't, they will, life's interruptions will come along. I think we can learn so much when we understand that Mary's life was favoured. Irrespective of the interruptions, Mary's life was favoured. Let me remind you today, as sons and daughters of God, our lives are favoured. Let me remind you this morning that your life is favoured. Every single life in this room is favoured. Why don't you turn to your neighbour and say, your life is favoured. Turn to the person behind you, if there is. Don't talk to a blank chair, that would be weird. <laughs> Luke chapter 1, verse 28 to 30 reads this. It says, The angel went to her and said, speaking to Mary, Greetings, you who are highly what? The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. Verse 30, but the angel said to her, do not be afraid. Mary, you have found favour with God. You know that word favour simply means to find approval, to find support or, or liking of someone or something, an act of kindness beyond what is usual or that which is due. I said before, I'll say again, favour is never earned it is given. And let me remind you, favour is not just a merry thing. God's favour is not just a merry thing. And no matter what we face, no matter the interruptions in life, no matter what we go through, no matter the surprises, no matter the interruptions in life, God's favour rests upon your life. Are you hearing this yet? I want every single person to leave this, not right now, but I want every single one of you to leave this morning going, you know what, my life is favoured. And I want you to understand before this message finishes, what does it mean to be favoured by God? 
Psalm 84, verse 11 to 12 says, For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows what? Oh, you sleepy bunch of people. I'm going to start again and so are you. Here we go. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows and honour. No good thing does he withhold from those whose walk is blameless. Lord Almighty, blessed is the one who trusts in you. What beautiful words. The Lord bestows favour and honour. No good thing does he withhold for those whose walk is blameless. You know, I think we could all agree at times we're guilty of trying to find favour with man, more concerned about trying to find favour with our peers, with our, uh, with our bosses, with our colleagues, but more concerned about finding favour with those around us than we are resting in the favour of God which is upon our life. You know, I love the fact that God is willing to interrupt our life so that we may discover his favour. You're probably thinking, no, that, that, that doesn't work. It can't work that way. Let me tell you, it does. And God is willing to interrupt your life, your world, your day, your month, your year so that we may discover his favour upon our life. I love these words quoted from uh, author and leader of Proverbs 31. Many of our women, I'm sure, are familiar with uh, this name, Lisa Turkhurst. Turkhurst. How do you pronounce her last name? Um, That one. None of you know, so I'm not in trouble. She said these, these words, beautiful words, with God we're never a bad mum or parent or person. We might be having a bad moment or two, or 17. But a few bad moments do not define us. She goes on, God's grace is there to cover us, teach us, and even in the middle of a bad moment, interrupt us, redirect us, and change us. Forgiveness is there, love is there, a second chance is there, and then another one after that. I love those words. And even in the middle of a bad moment, God's grace is there to cover us, interrupt us, redirect us and change us. You know, that's exactly the extravagant measure of God's grace and favour upon our life. That he would go so far to interrupt our life in order to redirect our life. You know, throughout all of history, God has spoken his favour over the lives of those who faithfully seek after him. Some famous verses that you probably know the verse or two prior to this, but in Jeremiah 29, verse 13 to 14, great words, I'll read them to you from the message. They say, when you come looking for me, you'll find me. Yes, when you get serious about finding me and want it more than anything else, I'll make sure you won't be disappointed. God's decree. I'll turn things around for you. I'll bring you back from all the countries into which I drove you. God's decree. Bring you home to the place from which I sent you off into exile. You can count on it. I love those words. 
When you come looking for me, you'll find me. You know, this is primarily speaking about the Israelites' journey. Talking about the undeserved favour of God. You know, God also gave, I think, some incredibly comforting words to Moses. Gave them to Moses to give to Aaron to speak over the Israelites. Words given just before the Israelites find themselves walking around aimlessly in the desert for 40 years. Words given in a time of hardship, interruption, surprises. Words that would serve to be a blessing to those who found themselves in an interrupted season. In Numbers chapter 6, verses 24 to 26, say this. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Beautiful, beautiful words. Let me give you a little bit of background, some, some fun facts about this particular text. I did a little research and uh, found a little information. There's more to this text than just the beautiful song that you're probably all familiar with called The Blessing. And I found this out, that the first item in this text known as the priestly blessing, which the Lord would bestow, was to bless. In English, the word bless carries the idea of receiving special favour, gifts or endowments from God. For instance, a Christian may receive an unexpected bonus at work and enthusiastically declare, the Lord has blessed me. All good things are from God, which we read in James chapter 1, verse 17. But interestingly, the original language in this, the Hebrew, actually uses a word in place of blessed, a word called barak. Barak, used in Numbers 6 and 24. And it has a different and much deeper meaning to simply the word bless. And barak is a Hebrew word which acts as a verb in this verse. Interestingly, according to Strong's Concordance, uh, the word can mean kneeling before someone. In Hebrew, uh, the word has the idea of people worshipping God by kneeling down to him. And listen to this, not just people kneeling down before God, but God also bending down toward man in relationship. Therefore, barak, that Hebrew word, or bless, specifically means God's special presence with his people. You see, being blessed in the English sense of the word usually carries the idea of receiving gifts or good things from God. And although God does graciously give and provide mankind with good things, the words to bless you in Numbers 6 verse 24 is specifically referring to the Lord's presence with his people. 
the Lord's presence with his people in a close relationship. See, God is the blessing that the Israelites received. You know, I can just imagine the Israelites gathered around prior to this 40-year journey, dreaming about the future, dreaming about this thing, the promised land, having no idea what was ahead of them, no idea what they were going to face, no matter, no, no idea how long the journey would be, what challenges may come, what life's interruptions were about to come their way. Yet God spoke those words of great peace and great comfort. You know, sometimes I think as Christians, we can just do life going, life will be good, life will be fine, it's all in control. God's got me, so, you know, it'll be fine, everything will be fine. But we know interruptions come. And here's the Israelites, no clue what they're about to face or go through. And God speaks those words. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. In some sense, they're beautiful words in hindsight. And you look at that and go, oh man, that makes sense now. The interruption came and everything, you know, sort of occurred. And looking back, yes, I can see now the Lord blessed me. He, he, he kept me. He, he, he just, he looked after me. But this text is actually about God speaking this over your life before the interruptions come in life. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you. Be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. I found a clip of that song many of you know called The Blessing. And I didn't know whether I'd use this this morning, but I think it's right. It's a family called the Yuns. And honestly, they have some of the most cutest kids singing with them that I have ever seen on the face of the planet. Their heart to worship, I think, is absolutely gorgeous. And I'll give you a heads up. I found a whole bunch of other clips of this song that have better production values. They, you know, they're glossy, they're beautiful. But I found this one and there's something about this clip and the way that this family sits on their couch and the whole family from the youngest to mum and dad sit there and just sing this song and as I watched it it was just like God was just speaking those words over my life the Lord bless you the Lord keep you may his face shine upon you and be gracious to you and I want to play this clip this morning the good side also to this clip is if you know anything about the song the blessing it goes for about 12 minutes in most editions Thank you, Jesus. This one goes for six. But I want to play this clip this morning. And maybe you want to sit there and just rest. Maybe you want to close your eyes. But I want you to sit in your seat this morning. And I want you to take this song on board 
in that new way of God's favour. And this song speaks so beautifully of may his favour be upon you for a thousand generations, I think of the words. His favour, understanding that his favour is in fact his presence, the presence of God, a close relationship with you. Why don't you sit back, enjoy this. If you don't enjoy it, that's okay. It's only six minutes. You'll survive. God bless you. Thanks, Bev.
seriously be that cute I just want to go to their house and sit in their lounge room and let them sing over my life for the whole night may his favor be upon you I'm going to wrap this up this morning but quite simply that word Barak may God's presence be with you As we close, let me simply remind you this morning, church, that God's favour does not mean that we get our favourites. God's favour on your life doesn't mean you get everything you want. And it doesn't mean that everything plays out the way you want it to. Let me remind you that his favour is not tied up merely in the material possessions that we acquire in life. The favour of God is not stacked up in everything we own. His favour does not mean the absence of hardships 
or interruptions in life. And let me lovingly and graciously remind you all this morning that we, we miss out big time when we spend our life merely looking for a blessing. When we spend our life living from moment to moment, chasing a blessing. Because when we do that, it causes us to overlook the blessing, the blesser, God himself, God's favour, God's presence, God's blessing. Let me remind you this morning that the favour of God is in direct correlation with the presence of God. The favour over Mary's life, interestingly, did not exclude her from life's challenges, interruptions. In fact, it drew her into being misunderstood, confused, afraid, and perhaps the town's source of hot gossip. You can just imagine for Mary walking down the street. The rumour mill would have been working absolute overtime. You can just imagine the conversations being held on the corner of the street. Have you heard about Mary? Mary's pregnant. What? I know, right? Joseph's not the dad. What? Mary? The quiet one? Yeah, Mary. Mary. Interrupted. With favour. Mary. Favoured by God. Mary, surrounded by the presence of God. And here's Mary facing all that she had to face. Yet incredibly, it's right here that Mary as can we discover the presence of God, the blessing of God, the favour of God in and over our lives. It's likely that you know how the story plays out and we'll certainly continue to celebrate it over coming weeks and days. Mary falls pregnant, a baby is born, a little boy called Jesus, Emmanuel, (laughs) Emmanuel, meaning God with us. Matthew 1 and 23 says, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. 
Church, that's some pretty good news. God with us. No matter what we face, no matter what we go through, no matter the interruptions, no matter whether you love December, despise December, are excited for Christmas, not interested in Christmas, let me tell you today the good news is Emmanuel, God with us. I pray this year that you wouldn't be a person who becomes overwhelmed by the Christmas season and I pray that you wouldn't be a person that loses your joy. But I pray that you would find incredible, incredible joy in the truth that God is with us. His favour rests upon your life. I'm going to ask the team to come back and we'll close with a song. But perhaps the greatest gift we can take into this Christmas season is exactly that. God with us. And no matter where we go, no matter what Christmas looks like, let's be a people who understand that God is with us. His presence is with us. Let's be people who focus more on His presence with a C than we do the presence with a T. Let's be people who focus on the blesser and not the blessing. Psalm 46 and 1 says, God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. God with us always. No matter what we face, no matter what we go through, no matter the interruptions, God is present. Understand that God's blessing is over your life. His favour is over your life. But His favour doesn't mean you get your favourites. But it sure guarantees no matter what you go through, He's with you. He is with you. Oh, if I could sing, He is with you, He is with you, He is, He's with you. His favour over your life is indeed His presence in your life. Let me pray. Father God, I thank you for your word this morning. Father, what a, what a strange way to find a sense of confidence and joy understand in the midst of life's interruptions there we find your favour understanding that your favour does not mean we get everything we want but understanding that word blessing favour barak in its purest form simply means your presence with us we thank you that in this season, we thank you for that fresh reminder, God, that you are with us, you go before us. So no matter what the craziness, the busyness, the highs, the lows, the joys, the challenges, no 
matter what they look like. I thank you today that we can leave this room confidently knowing Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. We thank you, Father, that like Mary, like the Israelites, like every person, that we were blessed to witness their story in those interviews living with a question mark. Father, I thank you that your favour is indeed upon our life. Lord, for this today we say thank you. We choose to leave this place this morning with a smile on our face, with the wind in our wings if it were, allowing that song to wash over us, those precious little children speaking those words for His favour is upon us. Father, we thank You for this time. Lord, we thank You for this message. We thank You for Your Word. May we continue to know Your goodness at work in our life. We pray this in Jesus' mighty name. And every person said,